We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yo, what's up? Welcome in. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Man, great weekend. Um, tragic weekend, personally, for me and in the city of Chicago. Uh, I lost one of my <clears throat> big-time mentors over this past week. I uh, had to attend his services on Thursday. And, uh, yo, <laughs> hug the man, hug, the, hug, your, hug your family, hug your people, hug your people, man. Life is just that fragile. You can be on the phone one minute and an hour later get a phone call saying they're no longer here, man. And uh, just hug your people, right? Left will be alone shortly. Tonight, we're going to talk about one of our favorite groups that we're really looking forward to, right? And that is the running back group for Notre Dame. Now, LL question of the day is, what group are you most excited to see? And I would think, I should have put a poll up a little bit earlier. I would think that a lot of fans would probably go with another offensive group this year because of the new quarterback. We're going to stick with this group because if there is talent and there is talent that has been taken via the transfer portal, and I don't think they're still going to lose a step. And I don't want people to just poo-poo what was lost. Because a lot of people, for different reasons, Logan Diggs transfers, and people are like, ah, whatever. Logan Diggs was very good last year. Logan Diggs was the most consistent running back last year, especially when Audrey Estimate was going through his fumbling troubles. Remember those? North Carolina, Stanford, big games, big moments. Logan Diggs carried the day. And had a great Gator Bowl, by the way. If you go back and watch it, he had a fantastic Gator Bowl on the ground and through the air. So we're going to talk about that. Don't forget, YouTube, thumbs up, smash it, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CFE Nation. Lock in with us. You guys are doing a great job. Continue to go over there. More content coming. More content coming. I'll be doing a Big Ten football show during the season that's going to be big time it's the lucky lefty podcast you know we give you audio edibles every day we're home in a misguided passion we spend it different We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We truly stand it different. So I thought about this. And I said, well, Sean, you can kind of save it for the petty train and kind of revamp the petty train. And in doing so, I said, no, I don't think that would be in good taste. And then I was like, well, you know, you want to start to show out. And I said, you know what? It's my show. So, yes, that's how I want to start the show. And the the city of Chicago, the high school landscape in the city of Chicago, we're we're hurting. We're hurting and have been hurting since about 11 o'clock on Saturday night. When early Sunday morning, the buzz started to permeate through the city that Ashley Griggs, the mother of Chicago's own Ohio statewide receiver, Carnell Tate, had been murdered in a drive-by shooting on the west side of Chicago. When I first got the call Sunday morning, I, I look. You would think that my thoughts went immediately to Carnell, and you know I'll get to my brother in a minute, our little brother. But immediately my thoughts went to his little siblings. A difficult situation. Uh, Carnell's father was incarcerated for a long time. He recently um, had gotten back into Carnell's life, was part of his recruitment in a way. But Ashley Griggs was the, (laughs) she was it. And she was everything to Carnell, every flat out everything. So without really getting too deep into it, uh, if you can support hashtag pray for Carnell, uh, you've seen recruits like Justin Scott speak up Uh, Cam Williams has spoken up. Uh, Marquise Lightfoot has spoken up. Uh, Chris Burgess, who's a 25 recruit, has spoken up. Uh, Chicago and all the main high school kids, programs, high school coaches have taken their time out to speak up and support uh, for the young man. His grandmother has been an anchor 
in this time, she has really attempted to take the bull by the horn as far as the younger siblings to make sure they're okay. I'm sure they're going to need some type of therapy, our prayers, and everything else you can send their way in positivity in the days moving forward. Had an opportunity to eventually reach out and um, young man is just broken right now. And there's no other way to say it. Just flat out no other way to say it. He's a young man that's, that's just broken right now. He's broken right now. But he's going to move on. He's going to be there to support his siblings. They will continue to be his motivation as they were along with his mom and everything he wanted to do moving forward into his football career and thereafter. And, uh, yeah, you know, even if you're a Notre Dame fan, I pray that you can find a piece of your heart to send to that entire family and the tragedy that they're dealing with and suffering right now. It should be everything and more that they need right now because they are in shock. They are in shock. And um, I'm in shock as well, man. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So we're talking about <laughs> LL question of the day. What is what is going to be the offensive unit that you look forward to watching the most? I'm interested in seeing what you guys are saying because I really should have put it out as a poll. We're going to get to the leftovers once left actually gets here. Hopefully that'll be soon. One of the things that I do believe is that, uh, oh man, Thank you all for the heartfelt, uh, heartfelt words tonight. Brian Van Gorder's burner. Thank you, man. Sam Hartman. He's looking forward to watching the quarterbacks. Josh Buffo, the motivational business banker, the wideouts, <clears throat> so we can see the ball out with a real quarterback and not a third-string backup or run-first quarterback. Hmm. It's interesting you say that, man. The odds, it's so interesting, man. I, and we're going to talk about what Brian Kelly said yesterday in the SEC and relationship to Notre Dame. And that, that comment you just made, Josh Buffo, about first run first quarterbacks. I it's 2023. Uh, the term run first quarterbacks needs to be eliminated. It, it just does. Because the, the insinuation and what I mean by that is Jaden Daniels is no different, in my opinion, than Malik 
than Everett Golson, who, in my opinion, if he doesn't get suspended that one year, Everett Golson turns into probably one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it at Notre Dame. And that suspension really just threw his whole career off. Uh, Jay Daniels was thought of as Jay Daniels was thought of as one of those um, run run first quarterbacks and Mike Denbrock did an incredible job in my opinion. Uh, the development we saw with Jaden Daniels from that Florida State game to late in the season and what he was able to do and now being a prohibitive, one of the prohibitive favorites to be in New York for a Heisman. Look, I, I was just saying, you know, I was asking, you know, which quarterback – we know the group we love the most, and we're going to talk about the running backs. Everybody's talking about the wide receivers. This running back crew, including the freshmen, and this is minus Logan Diggs. Minus Logan Diggs. Minus Logan Diggs. You know, and Logan, Logan Diggs isn't like some scrub. He's not a scrub. He might, he might start or play for LSU, right? Facts. Like Tyler Buckner's not a scrub, but Tyler no. even helped us out. And I was saying, you know, even though it is – well, I definitely want to get to what Brian Kelly said yesterday. It, oh, yeah. Oh, he – we'll he get to him. Dude, look, look, look. Oh, man. That, but – the excitement. Let me tell you something, man. Running back, let me tell you about Dylan McCullough. Being able to sit and watch Dylan McCullough coach. Year one. Mm. Year one, I knew that Audrey Estimate and Logan Diggs were going to be better. I'm talking about this is in fall camp. Yep. Year one, I'm like, okay. Audrey Estimate is about to, as I said before, before you joined left, Audrey Estimate um, had his fumbling issues. Yes, North Carolina, did. Stanford, big fumble. Yes, he did. But the improvements you saw, by the time he got to Syracuse, they just dominated Syracuse. Yeah, but the, the, by the time the team got to Syracuse, yes, yes, turned over a new lead. Yes, yes. So the excitement when you hear that this offense is going, even with Sam Hartman, when you hear that this offense is going to be old line driven, when you come to understand that Sam Hartman has never been in an unbalanced offense, even when he was at Wake Forest. The ratio was just about 51-49. Yeah. Okay. So they're not about to just they're not about to just hand the ball over to Sam Hartman and say throw the ball 60% of the time. No. Not with Marcus Freeman at the head, and not with Jared Parker as the OC. So when we talk about wanting to see the wide receivers, to me. You're wanting to see big plays from the wide receivers. Yep. Right? Because I just don't see, you know, the ball going up a lot. I just don't. And we rent, dude, we rented Sam Hartman for six, for three games. Uh, like, this is a transaction, Sam. You this, know? This, this is it. This is it. And on top of that, this is the question we ask LL fans, right? Because I want to get to the leftovers. Some of the comments after the show, our last show, because this is going to blend in to our running back conversation. The wide receivers have so much excitement. I can't hang my hat on nobody, left. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't. 
And, and if, if LL Nation and Notre Dame fans would be totally honest, they can't hang their hat on anybody either. They can't. Vegas can't even hang their hat on nobody right now. They can't, they can't. hang their hat on Sam. Not with the over-under numbers they put out. I mean, it's such an interesting – you don't really hear about the the mystery behind what teams have coming back, you know, with the pieces that we have and what we gained. You would feel better about what we put out last year, but it's to a point where we're so undiscovered in the receiver room where even though we have good players, we don't even know what it will look like. Mm. Even though we have a capable quarterback now, we can't even see what that will look like, even if we had to predict it. That that spells huge problems in identity when it comes to what were we doing on offense that took us so far to the left where or to the right where we're thinking what could where could this even evolve to? Yeah, you know Jared Parker. It sounds good. You evolving. It makes it sounds good saying it when you read on the transcript. We're evolving to a, 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 a bigger pass game, developing the pass game. Uh, uh, got a better quarterback for it, and we did. Mm-hmm. But it's so mysterious as to how we're going to look as, as a result because we're so extremely trying to do something different here, by Vegas standards at least, that going from running to a passing offense, they don't even think it's a stalemate. Now, how many things in life have you ever heard that doesn't get better or worse? I've never seen Vegas say, oh, yeah, they'll stay the exact same. Mm-hmm. With all the moves, losing an all-time sack leader and nothing changed, not even going down. We lose an all-time sack leader. We use a, a, a bunch of uh, experience, some veteran guys. We got a younger team and nothing changes. And these are the, some of the smartest people in, in Vegas. And they can't even figure out the trajectory of this Notre Dame team with the moves that we made. What does that say about Marcus Freeman? Is that a belief factor? Like, should fans feel better that we haven't got better or worse in a whole year? Okay, so we know that's not true. You either get better or worse. There is no staying the same. So for everybody thinking it's just going to be the same, I just find that a real uh, a real huge story going through fall camp and going to the first game of the season. At this point, all you estimate left <laughs> he doesn't have to be the guy, but he is the guy. Yeah. And I think there's a little bit more diversity in the room because now you don't have to. They had they purposely force-fed Chris Tyree just trying to get him big plays. Yeah. Oh, we have to get him 10 carries a game because of his speed. Yeah, now it's like – Refitting quotas to yeah, them. yeah. Now it's like, you know what? We're gonna stick to our guys. And then to come into the spring, and for me to hit you after the second practice, like, yo, this dude, Jabron Payne, bro. Yeah. Hey, this dude's vision and cutback ability. He's more fluid than uh Aldrich. Is oh yeah, he's more but Aldrich has great feet though. For his size. And see, that that was one of the things that stood out for me immediately. And Aldrich last fall, like, dude, this dude has really good feet to be that big. So now the running back room has the potential to go out and dominate. I mean, really dominate games. Like, this is some old two Lou Holtz but, dude, I'm watching these dudes. I'm watching a replay. By the way, Petty Train, I'm putting the 2011 Notre Dame-Michigan game on the Petty Train. Mm, the one at Michigan? The one in Michigan, dog. With the white I mean, and the Adidas dude, 
fifties. Man, this cat Tommy Reese turned the ball over so much in that game. So much. So I much. see why he lost the job to Ed the next year. They called it Tommy Turnover. Oh my god! Oh no, the dang talking about bakery. How you? That's going on the petty train. You just just know that's on the petty train because watching that was painful. But going back and watching the '93 Cotton Bowl against Texas A&M, and watching Lee Beckton, and then watching Ray Zellers, and then watching Mark Edwards, and then just the different facets. You can go back to the '89 opening game against Virginia, a good Virginia team, and oh my word, Jerome Bettis was a freshman. And Rodney Colvin, Ricky Waters. I mean, they just came with different style after different style, a different running back. It just wore you down. Dude, they were going on eight, ten play drives, throwing the ball once. That's that uh, power versus force right there. They, uh, oh, dude. They 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 tell you they're running. And as much as much as we might talk about Sam Hartman and these wide receivers, let me tell you something. This running back room is gonna be the best friend to everybody. Mm, yeah. Let me tell you, when things start to get out of whack, everybody's gonna look at that running back room. And that whole line and say, all right, let's establish some things. And I'm glad we can parlay that right into the leftovers because it's an interesting question or comment brought up about Harry Easton on last show. And it was expanded upon in the comments by several people. And someone you know, made reference to Harry Easton and the offensive line being overrated especially in big games and this, that, and the other, you know. And I, I was still, even taking a step back, I was still baffled by it. Yeah. I was, and and I, I had to ask some people this question. Give me one unit in college football over the last decade, one, that if they did not perform, in big games, their team had no chance to win. Give me one unit other than the Notre Dame offensive line that had that pressure every time. Every time. If O-line didn't show to play, I mean, even when they was faltering under uh, – I just took it to a national – I took the question and I was like, you know what? Let me take take this to a national. Well, hell, Lincoln Riley in the quarterbacks that played that's, here. That's that's a good call, left. That's a darn good call because it was all about his quarterbacks, bro. Because that that Oklahoma defense wasn't doing a darn thing, <laughs> and that was they weren't doing a darn thing in the Big Twelve. You that's that's crazy. But I had to take it to a national landscape, left. Yeah. It's like you're not close. You're not close against Georgia if that offensive line doesn't stay on me. Right. Both times. This is my issue. And this is why we're really going to get into Brian Kelly, bro. Okay. You put all that pressure on that one unit for over a decade. But you couldn't solve that god darn quarterback room and the darn wide receivers. Sounds ego thing.
So, cause, so, cause we got a great question. We got a great question or a comment, and I'm gonna let you go ahead and explain this because we've talked about this extensively. Tyler misguided passing bench. Thank you. He said I was super excited for Chris X Malik Kaiser Wimbush book to develop in that second year. There's no support system like you would expect it to be after a year you're coming off of. Deshaun's an example. Going into the second year, mm -hmm. full support Deshaun going into the second year, he was thinking about if he was even going to start that year. That's hampering your development. When you're not gearing the offense towards a particular guy because you competition all the time, that hurts the offense. You look at Ev. Ev missed a year, came back, dealing with going back and forth throughout the year after the Florida State game. It wasn't any support that you would need as a quarterback. You kind of, you know, are in a space where you have to, like our receivers famously said, get on YouTube. You know, as a Notre Dame quarterback, you getting on YouTube or calling your other buddies about things, it, it, it's really a feast or famine type of position you put in. You really looked at as a professional. And in a room that we had, it wasn't professionals in there. You know, everybody's trying to get it. Mm. And, and the passive aggressiveness and the unknown going to each meeting, you don't know what you're going to get, you know? So I do think never having an identity once you had a quarterback affected a lot. And then just the, the volatile change in decision-making on who's going to play, who's not going to play, how y'all going to make it work, how y'all can't make it work, the response to things, momentum. You know, those aren't things that are Brian Kelly's specialty. So now, let me take, look, I blame Tommy was a turnover machine. That's why Tommy knew the offense. Tommy would get you into the right plays. Tommy would just turn the ball over in the end zone. Too many, just stupid interceptions, dude. Just dumb, dumb turnover. I see why Ev got the Ev got the job in 2012. I mean, Ev was a better player. I look, you were there. Ev wins. Ev could throw that, that. By the time Ev got to his sophomore year, and the Ev we saw in that Florida State game, it was like okay. Yeah, like it was just like you know, let's not Joe Schmidt this position up. We got to put the better guy in. But you start to see better results. So Ev was not a regression in year two. No. Ev got better. And then Ev just messed up his own, he just messed up his own career. Yeah, yeah. You mean you you off the field. He went out there with that dude with the broomstick coaching quarterbacks, all of that foolishness. Ev just kind of messed up his own career. Yeah. Deshaun comes in, and Deshaun comes into a situation where that dude is surrounded by so much talent. Yeah. It isn't Deshaun couldn't mess that up. It it's like it's like it's like it's like you don't need no steak sauce for that steak. It'd be disrespectful. It was already just just sit down and, and cut into it and get and get into it because. You know, at that point, we it was built up the right way. Things were mm -hmm. going on. We had the players in the right mindset, position, just that. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that was just like parallel parking with the camera in the front. You know, not like the old school where you got to look behind in the mirror, check all four corners and, and all that. Right. Nice big old big screen Tesla screen. Big old camera. You ain't got to look back. You just looking straight at the that's what it was. It was it was a huge adjustment. So, you know, what can you do with that? 
You said something interesting. The Texas game was a joke the next year. Uh, how do you Man. make something like that? Like a, a quarterback that's on the roster last year, you didn't even play in the first, fourth quarter. Wouldn't even let get in the game because it was it was such a good game. The next year, all that changes that fast. That's why we was four and eight. It didn't make no sense. Because, as you said, that talent and that leadership wasn't on that team the next year. And like you said, it it was young. It was young talent. Because that freshman class that came in eventually ended up being a very good class for Notre Dame. Great class. It was just babies. It It was babies, though. And you had high expectations. It was babies. But it went from, because of the way things changed, it went from Deshaun being able to ride the coattail to Deshaun having to be the reason. You got to make the coat. They like, oh, you can, you we can wear the coat, man. But you gotta make the coat now. The seams wasn't right, fitting like suits, just a little too tight, a little too tight. Didn't look too comfortable, you know. So and for several reasons, I mean, we look. Deshaun wasn't exactly the best at not pointing the finger and leading. It was a when, you know, and the season went off the rails, man. It's like, you know what happened. You look and you say, well, Deshaun should have come back. It wasn't a fostered situation to to want to come back. And I think when you have both quarterbacks, this is a crazy thing. When you have the starting quarterback and the previous starter, saying that there is no fostering situation or environment at Notre Dame for the quarterbacks. And it didn't didn't change with Brandon and Ian either. Man. It was the same thing for Brandon and Ian, except they they just made it quicker and went with Ian and was like, all right, kick Brandon to the curb so fast. So, you know, I do think that you can't play the game, you know. You gotta, you gotta let the game come how it comes. And I think when you try to make decisions that aren't with the natural flow of the game, you you forcing things that just ain't ready because you can't fake football. Yeah, you can want a guy so bad to be the dude, mm. but if it ain't his time and if he ain't ready, you can't you can't fake it to where he's good. Because football too hard of a game, you know, it's too too coordinated, too much goes into it to just wish a guy to do well. You know, yeah. the guy gotta gotta develop, you gotta you gotta foster, he gotta have the right amount of stuff his damn self, you know. So I I think it's just a tough position for anybody to get thrusted in that, you know, unfortunately and fortunately, where you can reap all the benefits early while you're learning, but then when you gotta apply in a short time, you know it, it, it doesn't look is it's harder than it looks. You know, and they say you gotta build this house, and they give you all the tools, they give you the videos, and give you the help and the, the know-how and the blueprint, and then they say, okay, now you do it on your own. You like, wait a minute. <laughs> Everything started looking like Chinese. You don't know what to do first. Am I getting yeah. do I do I get the wood first? Do I do how do I because you haven't, you know, you haven't had enough time learning the process. You haven't had enough time learning the game. You know, I don't think you get good at quarterback till your late 20s. Hell, it's, it's sometimes it's about a reps. And if you just don't have enough in the tank, <clears throat> it only goes so far. You know, you can only go so far. Yeah. Lucky Lucky Podcast. It is the biggest mishap in Notre Dame history. At least for the last decade. 
just simply not solving the wide receiving quarterback situation. Well, That's how, it. How? How do you know? And, 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 and left, when you look at is I, I will continue. This, look, this is why I'm excited to watch these running backs. Because I can hang my hat on Audrey. Oh, yeah. You can, you can close I can back. hang my hat on Audrey. I'm going to step out there and hang my hat on Jabron Payne. On Jabron Payne. Andrew Darius. All of them. I think we can do big things with all three of them. And I'm saying that because of me being able to watch Dylan McCullough. Great coach. And say, okay. And look at his history. And look what he did in the NFL. And I don't even want to get started on the devaluing of the position in the NFL, which is absolutely ridiculous at this point. And with all due respect, I understand if you want to go, we talked about the offensive line last week in our preview. And Garland Doxie says, we all want to see the skilled players, but we got two big spots to fill the guard and a new coach. Line don't eat nobody easy. Man, Notre Dame has elite talent at offensive line. The last unit I would ever worry about at Notre Dame is the offensive line, unless Jeff Quinn comes back. Period. Period. And once again, if we go into a season saying, oh, the Notre Dame line has to eat. Clemson doesn't say that. Alabama doesn't say that. Georgia doesn't say that. All they ask their old line to do, you know, just hope, man. Hold just break up. even. Just break even. Win 50%. That's it. Just break even. That's it. You know why? Because we got talent. We got talent at the skill positions. Extreme talent. They can make plays. They can take advantage of defenses. We don't need our old line to go out there and just dominate. But Notre Dame fans, oh boy. If this old line don't dominate, man. We're like an NBA team in the 90s trying to play in the 2000s and 20s. We heavy big man focus. The big man ain't shooting no threes. We can't win on dunks and post moves all game. We got to get a shooter. We just got to get a shooter. We are hype on having the big man of the year. He a double-double, 30 rebounds, 20 points. And we lose in each game by 40 because we can't shoot threes. That's a great analogy, love. <laughs> that is a great analogy. We are, man. We like the Detroit Pistons. You no, know, you're Chicago Bulls. <laughs> you get the Chicago, the mid range Marauders. That's exactly <laughs> what they are. That's the mid-range exactly marauders. We're going to eat the box score up in that mid-range, boy. We're going <laughs> to get all the post moves, the big men of the year award. We're going to all of that, rebounds and all that. And got no three-point shooting. None. <laughs> Kate scoring 70 and 80 a game. <laughs> Getting outscored by 20 from the line. Three-point line every game. Every game. As soon as you step on the court, you minus 20 points. We just – and we not even getting enough shots up. That's the problem. No. We, we want to run all this offense, work the low post all day, work the elbow, elbow the low post game, and, and, and score a bunch of two points. And we're not even getting enough – teams are running transition – what do they call it? A double back, get shoot three, get back, shoot another one. We got to start shooting threes. We Coach Freeman is looking like Coach Thibodeau out there, just want to coach physicality and defense. We got to score to win, though. Keeping Cam Reddish on the bench. Why? That's like us keeping Tobias Merriweather. Why are we keeping Cam Reddish on the bench? He's out of rotation. Evan Fournier, out of rotation. Why? 
for R.J. Barrett, who is terrible. Salerno playing over Tobias. Why? Why is Cam Reddish on the bench? That's why he went to the L.A. LeBron gonna get him right now. You gonna look Cam Cam Reddish gonna look like Danny Green out there. That's all LeBron needs. Just kick it out, Cam. Just keep him away from the dispensaries, bro. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Hey, uh, LA is full of. I'm just saying. <laughs> he gonna be focused. He got Bron, bro. If nobody can get you right. Bron, Bron gets you right. If you can't get that right off of Bron, shoot, man, you go do whatever you want in LA. Won't be playing no basketball though. Man, Man. look. So we definitely need to be be able to evolve with the game. I think Alabama left a bad scar on us in 2012. Where they ran up and down the field on us, and we thought that was the blueprint to success. But the next year, Alabama evolved. They said, yeah, we tired of running all over y'all. We're going to switch it up because that's where the game going. And 2012 stuck on Brian Kelly mind ever since. He said, we got to run the football to victory. But unfortunately, just a little bit too late. Now we wearing overalls and pajama pants and MC Hammer pants to school thinking it's the fashion. You're just a, a decade too late. Just a decade too late. The champion jackets, the vintage, you know. Just a decade too late. Now you're lame. Now we look lame to the world. We are here wearing the Birkenstocks. Got to update. So I do think it's important for us you know, keeping that in mind in the in the focus of the future. Notre Dame brought up destroying social media influencer. You know, does a lot of football content. That's good for the campus. Kids eat that up. You know, it's good to see us having that in mind, bringing a guy like destroying to uh, Notre Dame to kind of live in the perspective, but because we need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, man. It is, without a doubt, an exciting time to be a Notre Dame fan. That's right. An exciting time to really look at this running back room. I understand the question. Look, you're going to have brand new starters. Look, this is my thing on the offensive line. I went and I watched Josh Lug and Jared Patterson run at their pro days, and I turned to my guys and said, oh, Notre Dame's going to be more athletic next year. I'm, as slow as these dudes are, they were all like, leadership. They were seniors. They were slow. Slow. They couldn't get to the second level. They couldn't move. Joe Rudolph has a room where he can get some young guys that are more athletic, they can actually move, do what he wants to do, and support having great tackles. What are we really talking about? Our concern are the two guards when you have one of the best centers in the country and two of the best tackles in the country. You think I'm about to sit up here and lose sleep over the guard play? Yeah. Once again, you know what that goes to left? What? That goes to the mindset that has been poured into Notre Dame fans over the last decade. The old line has to dominate, dude. They gotta be perfect. That's right. It has to be. Oh, we had no chance against Ohio State. If the old line doesn't, they're not perfect. 
Who else? Whose O-line has that pressure? In big hands. Who? Nobody. You walked in the horseshoe and you weren't perfect as an O-line. And you had a chance to win. But you didn't have the skill position players and the quarterback to get it done. Before the before the fight even started. Shame. It's man. It's just one of those things. It's just one of those things. Sam Hartman is gonna find that he has. Sam Hartman is going to turn at some point during the season like, God damn it, it's a damn good offensive line. Yeah. Excuse my French. At some point during this season, you, during you, one of the games, he's going to turn around and say, what? I've never had like, it like this. He's going to look down and be like, man, I ain't touched the ground. Man. I'm getting the ball out and I'm not getting hit after I can see for a couple of seconds. Got some space in his pocket. Man, this this new Ferrari is real nice. Going from a a, a a Jeep Cherokee to a Range Rover. He like, man, these seats, I didn't even know they made seats these soft. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't know they had curtains for cars. And what's all this? Saw these lights in the ceiling of the car. Yeah, you in that luxury. That's called a luxury pocket. Were you were you back there for so long? Think you can do a Sudoku puzzle? You know, call your girlfriend, cook some barbecue back there. Cause you protect it. That's why it's such a great place to be, because now you have to be exposed. For can you operate? Because mm-hmm. we can't, we're not going to give you the benefit. Of, oh, he's not protected like the Will Levis is. That's why he's throwing 55 interceptions in a season. Oh, no, they're not. You're not getting that credit. No, no, no. <laughs> it comes down to are you a consistent quarterback and are you really good for real? Because we know that if you are really good, if a team giving you time, you're cooking them. I.e. a Trevor Lawrence. I.e. a C.J. Stroud. You give them enough time, they're going to cook you. Not every quarterback can cook you consistently. So you throw a guy like Sam Hartman in there who's very capable. Obviously, all the numbers prove it. But now you give him a chance to operate, and he can operate at his fullest potential. What are you going to make it at? Now, when you got 20 turnovers, i.e. Ev, i.e. Tommy, i.e. Chris, i.e. Brandon Wimbush, hell, Deshaun was racking up some before he got out of there. Now they're going to be like, oh, what's the problem? It ain't protection. You just giving it away. See, and that's, and that's a different, that's a different experience now. Because now it ain't no excuse. You literally just throwing it. You just like, what are you doing? Can't blame the receivers too much. But this is why not everybody's capable. Because you can get away with a lot when you don't have a great old line. Because you you can blame the flat. Oh, you know, we don't have a left tackle, so I'm rushed. and I can't blame the accuracy on the, on the pot. Yeah, you can't do none of that now. You're going to get you two and a half, three to, to not throw it in the dirt. Yeah. Because that's what's embarrassing. I'm watching you on national television. You protected and you throw the ball out of bounds. You're throwing dirt balls. You're throwing over his head. You can't get it to him. How? You standing still in the pocket. Oh, your talent's not that good. When you get exposed like that, it sucks, man. You got to ride that whole season. Now your stats are accumulating in sacks. 
getting fight, getting in fights at the bar, the people talking that cash, crazy stuff about you because you losing their money, throwing picks at the end of the game. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's not a, not a fair position at all. But if you get a dude, and we look at teams that got dudes, and when they got protection, a Quinn Ewers, a Bryce Young, a C.J. Stroud, Trevor, when they got protection, they look really damn good. And that's where the O-line should play a factor. Where the O-line's so good, it highlights everybody else. We got the O-line, we all highlighting the O-line with all the skill players. How that work? O-line can't score one touchdown for us this year. Why are we talking about them so much? Hell, they probably why y'all talking about us so much. We can't score no touchdowns. Y'all got to talk about the quarterback and the receivers and the run. Y'all talking about us like we're going to go in there and run and get us one. Joe Art was converted from a tight end. He blocking. He ain't catching no touchdowns. And, look, I see maybe maybe I'm lost. The New England, New England Patriots never had a dominant offensive line, man. What are we talking about? They had one of the best NFL offensive line coaches. They would go get dudes off the scrap heap. They would make sure that he had a great left tackle or right tackle like Matt Light for six or seven years or Nate Solder. And then they would make do. (laughs) Make do. Because they had a great quarterback, which goes to what we're talking about. Now he makes the old line like, oh, they had a great offensive line. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. They were never top 10 and running the ball and dominating the offensive line. Pat Mahomes just got a good offensive line. They just. never asked, they never went to the game asking and noted the Patriots offensive line to dominate. Hell, they never asked him no question. Man, I just watched the 2015 AFC Championship game this week left. I still don't have a clue how Tom Brady was a two-point two-point conversion away from going back to the Super Bowl against Cam Newton. His old line was dominated for four quarters. Oh, yeah, they was whooping ass, too. Tom Miller, they, they dominated his offensive line for four quarters. And this man in the fourth quarter still found a way I bet Tom Brady was back there. Was Still found a way. Tom Brady. I'm sitting there watching the game saying, how? 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 They are kicking his tail. Tom Brady's that dude, man. Back then. And Denver Mile High Stadium is sweating. Crazy, yeah. With 18 seconds. Because all this dude needed, give me a minute and give me Gronk. That's all he needed. I'll figure it out. He was cooking. This old line is trash today. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah, it don't matter. I'm going to figure it out. I'm Tom Brady, man. Man, dude, when you got a great quarterback and a great skill player. Wait, hold on. Hell, he almost beat the the Rams the last year. Also, came back also. You know the craziest thing? About Tom Brady's career, <laughs> when he had the most talent as an offense, he lost the Super Bowl to the Giants. Yep. The irony. But they were undefeated too, so it's not like they was trash or nothing. They were they was undefeated. And you got so many of these NFL teams that will go out, build up all these great offensive lines. You know, man, look. The Patriots, dude, Marcus Cannon was like the right tackle. Yeah, he was trash. They gave him Nate Solder or Todd Light. They had the best offensive line coach in the NFL for a decade. Yeah. And they would go get free agents. Yeah, just guys. 
And they would coach him up. And then they would say, hey, listen to him in the huddle. Yeah. That's a big boost, though. That's it. Listen to him in the huddle. You know, and it was frustrating to watch. Because you're sitting there saying, this whole line is not that good. How are they doing this? How are they doing this? And that's what we're saying. Notre Dame's running game has been asked to carry the water for so long, man. So long. So long. Every big game, if we don't run the ball, we ain't got no chance. That's it. That's all we talk about. Hell, that's what we talked about for the Ohio State game. Hell, we don't run that ball. We'll take some shots after running the football, we ain't going to win. If we don't have no running game, we ain't got a chance. We have to be speaking in light of, man, don't single cover our X receiver. Man, I hope you don't think you're going to uh, man up all game. Man, you're going to have to get Sam on the ground if you want to beat us because we score in every possession. Those are the type of things you want to be going into a game with when you go into a game in 2023, 2024, talking about, man, we're going to run the ball 50 times a day. You're not going to win. i tell you one thing. The cat Logan Diggs halfway through the season is going to be like, man, this ain't Joe Alton Blake Fisher. <laughs> I can tell you that. Hell no, he definitely I can tell you that. It's going to be a big difference for him. He's going to recognize real quick this offensive line, they don't man. They don't ask them to block like they ask our offensive line to block. No, no. You know the game. No, no, no. They, they mm-hmm. big and freaky, though. Oh, they're going to be huge. That's what they do. They're going to get real big offensive linemen. Semi-coach them. Let the other talent Sim- fill in the rhythm. That's talent it. Cracks. That's it. That's it. I'm excited to watch this Notre Dame running back room because I think they have the potential to be explosive. You remember that season Josh Adams was just popping off 50, 60, 70 yards, bro? And you just like, what? No. And they go to Miami. Miami's like, yo, this cat, this cat, he is not busting off runs against us. And you missed two big t- plays early to get on the board and change the entire tenure of that game. That's you got to have, you have to have the quarterback and the skill players in big games. There's no other way you can get around it. Teams are not about to let you just line up and run the ball. I don't care how talented your offensive line is. Or except if you join. And do that Clemson game last year, that's an anomaly, bro. That that just that doesn't happen. We're not doing that 10 out of 10. No, that try that again this year at Clemson. Hell no. Try it again. Try. Michigan tried that crap against TCU to start the game off in the semifinals. Found themselves down big, trying to line up and just run the ball. They moved the ball. They couldn't score when they got in the red zone. So the running back room. And I forgot about Devin Ford, the transfer left. I, I'm really looking forward to watching him. Yeah. The sauce tape. Look, he was behind some darn good running backs at Penn State. I understand why he had to transfer. But their running back room is pretty damn good. Pretty that damn good. That freshman. Man. <laughs> and the incoming freshman they had. You oh the incoming one too? Oh yes, sir. Oh, oh yes, sir. I don't know how they yes, do it. Yes, sir. James Franklin. He can recruit. Can't yeah. coach. But he, man, he, he was underwhelmed you coaching. Yeah, underwhelming for sure. Yeah, he he definitely recruit. But you got Drew Allar in, in that running back room. Got to be all right. 
gotta be all right. And we so, should. looking forward. I'm look, man. I'm looking forward to seeing Devin Ford. I'm looking forward to seeing Jadarian Price and his return. Jeremiah Love, man, definitely looking forward to see him. Jabron Payne, why, man? Why can't Jeremiah Love get in the mix early? Why not? Shit. Why not? Why not? So what? He came in in the fall. Yeah. So what? The That's position, hey, the running back position is the position. Here's the ball. Find yeah. the holes. Dang, they got to find two two running backs on the field at a time because there's too much anticipation back there. Man, it is actually, as I said before, the most anticipation I have going into practices next week, left as they begin. I cannot wait to see Diva McCullough taking these kids through drills. Being able to watch their feet, being able to watch how they're going to be used. I can't wait. I can't wait. And the craziest thing is, part of me can't wait is because I know I can hang my hat on two or three of them. Yeah. Because because I've seen freshmen. Dude, your first start, this cat Josh Adams gets his first touchdown as a freshman. Yep. First carry. First carry. That's Notre Dame. That's Notre Dame. That's that's what they do. <laughs> that's what they do. Running backs and old linemen, they come here and they shine early. Tight ends. And tight ends. But that's not going to win you championships. Man. It's crazy. And this is the challenge. Moving forward. Lucky Lefty Podcast. As we transition from the running back room and the excitement we have to see them in fall practice and going into the season, man, this cat, Brian Kelly, continues to put his foot in his mouth. But he might have been onto something. He talked freely now, hundred million. Yeah, he, woo, man, he got a lot to say. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different.